problem. Hi, Alan. How's it going? 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 Sorry about the time it took to get you online, but um, I had a lot going on. So, how's things? No, it's not. Ah, listen, Alan, that's no problem at all. Um, listen, thanks very much for for uh, for having me on the podcast. Um, it's uh, you know, like the 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 work that you do, like by by doing the podcast, is fantastic. You know, it's a great resource for everybody. So, um, you know, I'm very very privileged to be honest. And thanks very much for having me. Thank you very much, Ronan. Now, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself and why you came on today? So, um, myself and my wife, uh, we have uh, we have two kids, um, and my my second, we have three boys all together. Uh, my youngest boy would be neurotypical, um, and he's tell you the truth, he's probably the, the biggest handful out of, out of a lot of them. But um, at the uh, the oldest family. I suppose if you were to if you were to categorize it um as the way it used to be categorized and you would kind of he would be like an Asperger's type you know I know we don't use that diagnosis anymore but that was that that would pro- that would probably be the um the easiest way to kind of explain you know he would be you know really intelligent uh, uh really are very interested in certain things and just super intelligent but yeah he would have dyspraxia as well so he could you know he could fall over his shoes you know what i mean so right. but our oldest our oldest boy you know wouldn't have been he would require a lot of service uh, you know massive amount um right. it would right. be our mid our middle our middle boy would uh, Finn. Uh, Finn would have a, um, he would have an intellectual disability as well as uh, being in need of services for his autism as well. So, uh, um, so Finn would, and Finn also has the severest form of cystic fibrosis. So, uh, yeah. So we would have had a, we would have had a very, a very hard, um, uh, hard journey with Finn, um, because when Finn was born, he. Uh, he was very, very sick, and like he almost, he almost died a few t- a good few times, and we would have spent a long time in hospital with him. And uh, of course, there was that we didn't know we'd see F in the family, so, you know. Uh, neither of us, neither myself or my wife, were aware we were carriers. So then, um, when we got the uh, the intellectual disability kind of, uh, you know, when the when these type of diagnoses came on, by this stage we'd already uh, gone through a long battle. Uh, with uh, his cystic fibrosis to get him the medications that he needed, so we would have been very, um, we would have been very forward in the, uh, in the movement to get or can be uh, for the Republic of Ireland. We would have, we were the chairpersons of a committee back then, of a right. parents committee, and uh, we would have done a lot of campaign, and we would have been, you know, on TV a bit, and we were on radio, and we were new, we were in the doll, and uh, you know. Uh, a lot of kind of uh, we were a lot of high profile. And uh, then once that once the drug came in, we just kind of dropped off the scene. We were only interested. We weren't interested in you know being activists. We were only interested in getting you know our son and anyone else that uh, that was in need of the medication help. And then once we got that, we dropped off. You know, we just we we went and did our own thing. You know, um, but then. Uh, 
the services uh, for the disability uh, are just so bad in this country that you know you don't you don't actually know it until you're living in it. And yep. um, when uh, you know we were waiting and waiting for services assessments and waiting for everything that after a while we just said no look this is enough is enough and we ended up getting on the campaign trail we had previously so the first thing we did was we kind of followed the blueprint that we that we had developed uh, during the CF campaign and that was where we uh, we set up our a committee first a committee in our area uh, so uh, we set up the Cavan Monaghan uh, parents committee and uh, we now would have a Facebook page. My wife is the co-chair person for the committee and she runs it. Uh, and she also kind of works as secretary for it as well. So like Linda's just fantastic, very intelligent. And she's fantastic. And any of the guys that know her from the committee would, you know, would, would say she's kind of like the, like the heart of the committee, you know. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, uh, we found so many people in our area that were, you know, in the same boat or worse than us. Uh, in relation to the delivery of services, you know, um, and then we we just we started a process of uh, like our committee formed that, and that our committee only formed in April of uh, of twenty two. Um, okay. We then had our first meeting with the CDNT uh, in Cavan uh, on uh, in May of uh, twenty two. Uh, we then um, we spoke to the manager of the Monaghan then CDNT at uh, the same month. We then had our first meeting with Minister Rabbit uh, that, that month as well um, because we had gone to all of our local TDs. Okay. Uh, we, we just blanket campaigned all of the TDs. Okay. And uh, the TDs, you know, I have to admit now, I would say, now, firstly, I would just tell you, Alan, that we're completely non-political. Like, we don't have any affiliations to anybody at all. Yeah. Um, and I think that when you have a child that is in need of services that isn't being provided, you can't really have affiliations. You have to be neutral, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um. So uh, we met with Minister Rabbit back in May of last year, and uh, you know, she was quite. It was an interesting meeting as we met her, and there was a lot of people at that meeting. We had a lot of our local TDs with us. It was in the doll. Uh, there was a lot of our local TDs with us, and uh, Minister Humphreys uh, was there as well. Now. Disability services wouldn't be her brief, but she is one of our local uh, politicians. You know, a bit of she, local, uh, she would run for office uh, in this uh, district, so she attended as well. And it was uh, like the, the the response we got off Minister Rabbit was kind of shock she was like well i can't believe the services are this bad and you know uh and uh, she challenged us on a couple of points in the difference between uh, primary care and cdnt um and we uh, we actually had to school her in relation to certain things like uh for example she believed that uh you know you would you would go to primary care only if you had one if you only had one diagnosis then primary right. care would take you know that you primary care wouldn't take somebody with two diagnoses which uh, we we know for a fact is not the case in our area and the primary care will take somebody or two so there was a few kind of you know little bits and pieces like that and we had some members that attended uh, from our committee that were uh, cracks between the CDNT and primary care where CDNT had discharged them and primary care didn't want them you wouldn't take them limbo they were in, in nothing right 
there was a lot that Abbott kind of gave us, she gave us assurances that, you know, she was working on things going forward and that things were going to get better and so forth, which in our area, and, uh, and I know this is true for the rest of the country, it haven't gotten better at all. So mm-hmm. um, uh, we then, uh, we did, uh, um, uh, Linda, my wife, then went and presented Irish committee uh, in May of last May was very busy last year. Uh, of May of last year, she did. A, she gave witness to the Disability Matters Committee in the Senate, and then um, the at the end of May, we did a presentation in the AV room in the Doll in Leinster House. Okay. Okay. Uh, then in June, uh, we met with the head of disability services for the HSE. Uh, and we met with a neighbour Ireland who controlled the CDNT in Cavan, and uh, that was the, that was an interesting meeting. That was like that was like watching the uh, it was uh, rearranging the chairs on the on the Titanic. I'd say would be the best way to describe it. It was kind of right, like right. you know they were they were talking. I, I, I would be a very diligent researcher, and I had done all my homework and I had read everything. So when I went in there, I challenged them on a lot of uh, a lot of the uh, published uh, items that they had already uh, they had already uh, put out there into the public domain uh, for example like I had the numbers from the uh, the national model of care for pediatric health care services in Ireland uh, chapter right. nine of that uh, is a guide to workforce planning it was published in 2014 and that that policy is the, that basically is the HSE's policy on staffing numbers so right. what that does is that turns around and says, uh, for example, for OT in the disability services, OT, OT providing for every hundred children. Right. So right. yes, Roland, just stop you for a second. You're breaking hmm. up there a bit. Uh, oh, sorry. It's just sorry. when the, you're putting across the point, you start to dropping off. For a oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> now go for it. Yeah, so like I said, so this this, uh, this policy basically showed us the the numbers that uh, the CDNT were supposed to actually have provided um, for the number of patients uh, in the area, as the, as they put it, that would be in need of services. So for every hundred children that would be in need of disability services, say for an OT or a speech and language therapist, um, they would provide one. So for every hundred patient, every hundred clients, it'd be one. Uh, one therapist so uh, I know now for for psychologists I think it's something like for every 500 uh, they get one there's not as many for psychologists but um, when you do the maths uh, for Calvin had like nine therapists nine uh, speech and language OTs for the numbers of uh, people that need that in Calvin currently we have none we have no we have 1.5 OT and no speech and language that's crazy like that is really crazy, and when we put that to the hitches, you know, there wasn't a hell of a lot they could say to us. Like there wasn't, you know, there wasn't much they could actually. I think they, I think they thought they were just going to get, you know, a delegation of families to, that were going to come in and were going to complain to them, but not actually have, you know, done the research and have the intelligence to to back it up. You know, so yeah. um, I think we actually. I mean, after that, then, I mean, nothing really came from that. They said that they would set up, that they were going to set up five, but they had pledged to do that before. And I know they've started doing that, and we did have um, in Cavan uh, um, on the 23rd of uh, March this year. Okay. It wasn't a very thing. So in the end, um, there's a, there was a load of other things we did. Times. Uh, 
that the uh, now the Senate did take us very uh, the policy that was published on um, aligning the uh, disability service United Nations Convention on the Rights of of uh, Persons with Disabilities. Um, they published that report. We are quoted about maybe seven times directly, and about I think about eleven times. Uh, our committee right. is um, right. because that that was another. Like when we deep dived into this, when we really had a look at what the problems were, um, there was two fundamental things that that I that I discovered. First thing was was that Ireland hasn't signed up to the United Nations Convention. So the uh, UNCRPD, the United Nations Convention on the Rights of uh, Persons with Disabilities, that is a uh, gives you a, a right to uh, equal rights for if you have a disability. Okay. And Ireland is the only country in Europe that hasn't ratified the optional protocol. Ah, to, to, well, that doesn't surprise me at all, you know. Um, and I, I, hear, I hear these stories from different groups. It's They're all the same thing, you know, that sort of way. Um, yep. Yeah, and I'm, I'm surprised. I'm surprised Minister Rabbit was shocked at what she was told because I'm sure she hears a week on, week out. Like, um, mm-hmm. oh, absolutely. Have you, have you thought of um, joining other groups that are pointing the same thing? Or my wife has had a lot of the other groups to a lot of charities. Um, yeah. and the reason I'll tell you why you yeah. actually. Um, because the second thing that, that that we discovered was that uh, when we spoke to when we spoke spoke to a solicitor about the uh, the, the situation, um, we were given basically a bit of uh, a bit of insight into what your rights are. When we found out what our rights are, then I I, I delved a bit deeper myself. I looked at the word of the uh, two thousand and five. Uh, okay. And I don't know if a lot of people know this, okay? And, and there's a lot of people, there's a lot of groups out there. And the problem, and I've heard on your podcast, you know, we really need to, everyone needs to start standing together. And like, we need to kind of unite the clans a wee bit here, do you know? Yeah. Um, but one of the things that, one of the things that we found was, and not a lot of people are shouting about this, is that how are the, how are the, Getting away with this, like how are yeah. the disability services get away? Well, we, well, we, and the okay. answer to be very simple. In law, this act, after the place of an assessment of needs, the writing falls off a cliff. Right, that it on so nothing in the Disability Act from two thousand and five that's that. After having their assessment, is entitled or has to have the service that had been mandated by the actual report. So, in other words, there's no provision of services. So that means that if you go, to, so say you have your, say you you put your child forward for an assessment need, your child's OT, and it should be done at the time. The assessment you when it has to be done by but it needs because it has to do that now 
Okay. If you go to your, if you're waiting years and years and years, and you're still not getting, your child's still not getting any of these, any of this therapy, you and you go to your solicitor and say, "Look, I want to sue them for this. I want, I want my child to have treatment. I'm, I'm having to put my child into private therapy. Like we spent about fifteen thousand uh, on oh. on our middle. We spent about fifteen thousand on private therapy. Do you know? Um, and a lot of families out there are like that. And it's it, yeah, yeah." Big money industry with with private therapy. Big big money industry. Of course, yeah, yeah. But but the issue is, a solicitor will turn around to you and say, "There's nothing I can do for you. I cannot sue that." For that, because it's not in the law. It's not in the act. And if it's not in the act, it's not in the law. So it means that that's one of the big. We've. Ron, you're dropping off again. The 2005 Disability Act. Okay. We're trying to get the act amended. There is uh, in Irish child services, your child will get it. I'll give you an example. Say you went into and the Senate members. At the uh, autism, I was the distant. Okay, yes. and there was a lot of different groups that uh, at the autism uh, that gave uh, when we went to them. And um, but say for example, right, you say your wife is pregnant and she was into the rotunda and she has her scan. Yeah. The services of them turning around to your wife and saying, right, I'll tell you what, come back in three years' time and you, baby. And that's True. exactly, True. yeah, it's exactly the way it is. So the but not under pressure. They're not actually fill these roles because they don't have to. They're not going to lose their jobs over it because they're not going to get sued over it. There's going to be no pressure put on them. But if the law, the law gets changed, everything will change. Now, right, right. Senator Clan. Uh, Senator Tom Clan is working with us on this, and he is trying to uh, have a piece of legislation drafted now. And I probably publicly come out and say something like that, but he has said it publicly himself at the last uh, meeting of the Disability Marriage Committee uh, that we were at. Um, he said, "So it's on, you know, it's there in the ether, like and get that. That's on record, so that." Because if somebody said something to me, I would keep it to myself. You know, um, yeah. you know, if needs be, I wouldn't put someone under pressure like that. You know, mm. um, and I wouldn't libel myself as well. You know, I, you know, yeah. but um, yeah, but he has said like I mean, we 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 went down and we met him um back in September of last year, and we put this to him because we had previously met with Roshan Shorthall and Holly Cairns, and we okay. had put it, we had put it to them. And their main angle was that they were like they were really pushing for ratification for the UNCRPD. But then we put it to them about the, getting the law changed. They were, they were there kind of saying, "Well, no one's for that's you know that's that's actually an interesting angle to come from." But I mean, and I don't see why both things couldn't be done. Do you know what I mean? But um, right. but the likes of yourself, Alan, like your the likes of your platform is very important because you know. I found it very, very hard to get this message out there. You know that if we just if we get this is a silver bullet. 
that if not the law changed, things would change. And I said this. I said this in the in the Senate. And um, this is what, this is pretty much what I said when I was speaking in the Senate. It was that you know says four pillars really. Four pillars of change need to happen. And I I won't bore you with all of it, but I'll give you some of it. Like back in the nineteen nineties, okay. Um, yeah. The the very low. They were very very low. Okay, there was uh, they needed a big a big uh, injection of nurses into the country, and that's when they did the first trade missions abroad over to the Philippines. And now to this day, of very large numbers of Philippine Filipino nurses in our in our hospitals. Now, yeah. what I would say to that is, why can't we do like we? Not be looking for the massive number of Filipino nurses, you know, like you wouldn't be looking in relation to therapists, you know, you're not looking for like nurses, you need a, a huge, you need thousands and thousands of nurses, you don't need that to man disability services, you don't need that number to do in, in therapists for like speech and language or OT or physio. I don't understand why we haven't done big trade missions abroad, and I put that to them. And I was right. told by Minister Rabbit that she's a very big believer in LinkedIn. In LinkedIn. LinkedIn, you know the recruit. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I mission is a lot because the entire I, recruitment policy of the HSC very. They'll put a job out for advertising, and then if no one takes the post, you're nearly in a circle, and that can take maybe six months sometimes for that job to come back round. And in which case you can be, you know, you that post can be vacant for a very long period of time. So um, that was one thing. The second thing was abroad, not necessarily in the Philippines, but trade missions abroad to try and... I don't know why Ireland has such a... in our universities. Like, we don't train that many uh, speech and language therapists, uh, OTs. Our college spaces are not that big for but yes, man, man, we've yeah, we've a yeah. lot. We've a, yeah, we've a lot of them. Not training them here. Training them and they're going abroad. We're, you know, you're dropping off again, Ron. Sorry, Alan. We, we we don't seem to be. Can you hear me? Sorry, Alan. <laughs> uh, we don't seem to be recruiting uh, the right amount into our universities. Yeah. So. Uh, and Mr. Rabbit had turned around and said, "Well, um, she was looking me more initiatives of trying to take therapists from the north." Yeah. So, okay. the, the very the very few that you're going to get that's going to cross the border. So, um, and then with with, cha- with ratifying the UNCRPD and changing the law, there are four big pillars, and. Like it's very very hard, Alan. You know, like there's there's not much help out there for for uh, for people that are in need of service. No. Little unknown, I'd say. Yeah, it's very Little very unknown. bad. Like yeah, it's very yeah. bad. And, and you have you have to remember when all the like everyone's trying to get the services and all in place and everything else. But while this is all going on, there's kids suffering. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And people need to people need to realize this. That kids are suffering because these services aren't in place. You know, they're like the forgotten generation. You know, 
Cancorla uh, of the Disability Matters Committee at the at his closing speech at one of his sessions, he said that uh, he he a time will come when a Taoiseach will stand in the doll and apologise for the legacy of what has happened in relation to the disability services. He feels that day will come. Well, they really should. They oh, they really should. should. Yeah. They should. They really should. Like, Alan, during COVID, okay, um, during COVID, we were under a lot of pressure in this house. We were under a lot of pressure. I know a lot of people were. Um, and I was under a lot of pressure. My wife was as well. We were under a hell of a lot of pressure. Uh, we yeah. were we were working um, very, uh, and I won't talk about my I won't talk about my work too much. But we uh, in very close proximity to COVID is the best okay. way. I I won't I won't just go through what I do for a living. But okay, we work. It's frontline gas. Okay. Um, okay. I was at very 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 high risk of COVID, uh, and uh, so was my wife. And with schools closed and everything, uh, Finn was just completely knocked. He was knocked off his routine. I mean, to he was so so knocked off his routine, and yeah. he ended up uh, he ended up just kind of spinning out a wee bit, you know. And uh, like he started fecally smearing in, he started covering uh, covering the floor and the walls and feces. And there was nothing there was nothing we could do to stop us because if you turned your back on him for a minute, he could do it. Do you know? Yeah. And then at night time, when you think he'd be settled, he could get up and do it. And it was just, it was, it was so distressing for us. And I'd be like, you know, I'd be a tough enough fella. But for me, it was like, that nearly broke me. It yeah. really, really, it nearly broke me. And yeah. my wife rang in Able Ireland. Because the Naval Iron covered the entire CD for Cavan, you know, the CDNT for Cavan. My right, my wife rang in Naval Iron and said, Look, you know, is there anything you can do? Like, what, you know, can you help us? And do you know what we were told? Go on. No. Uh, nothing, we, nothing we can do for you. Not a thing. Not a thing. It's sad. It's sad. And to think about how many thousands of other families have gone through the same thing as well. Oh, it, it's shocking. It's absolutely yeah. shocking. Like yeah. we we have we have families that have told us about children that have uh, children that have been talking about taking their own lives. It's terrible. And it we really presented is. that in the doll. Like, yeah. Like, like we haven't kept that secret. We presented that yeah. in the doll. Like we've put that out there in the public domain as much as we can. But you know, get it's so hard to get media attention because. Yeah. The media are used. They are used to putting the other. Every, every few weeks, you'll see one of the newspapers, one of the radio shows, or one of the TV channels will do a small snippet on something in relation to disability services. Somebody yeah, will yeah. manage to stick their head above the tarpet for a few minutes, and then mm. it's forgotten. And everybody, the whole general public, and that's forgotten. And yeah, yeah, it's just like like we've been trying to push for for me for a while now. For you know ratification, uh, amending the two thousand and act, recruiting more staff, like you know more more college places for therapists. Like 
this can be fixed. Like it's not, you know, like it, this can be fixed. When COVID for, when COVID hit in, the 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 trolley crisis, okay, and I was this in trolley crisis, okay, and COVID hit. Oh. Yeah, breaking up again, Ronan. Yeah, it was gone. The trolley crisis was gone overnight. Just overnight, bang, trolley crisis was gone. Yeah. Yeah. And you're telling me that they can, you know, like, they can change this. You know, they can change this. And And, and it really isn't, it it really is an emergency situation. It is. By the government that it's not a question that they, yeah, I heard that myself. Yeah, can't recruit staff. That's what. Yeah, the law changed. If the law was changed, and they had to recruit the staff, then they would recruit the staff. It's it's mad. We mad. or more than we have. We would. Love and we would love of the the advocacy groups, committees, and more unification all them together. Say that. And uh, togetherness will make a change. Will. The disability sector. We're all exhausted. Yeah, yeah. Because we spend so much of our time, like, try, I mean, like, like, people these days, it's very hard. For, or it's hard to put food on the table for a lot of people. And then you roll in the likes of disability. Services, and then all of a sudden, you have to. You have so much. You have to become a therapist. You have to become an OT. One of the main yeah. things that disability services are doing at the moment is to try and combat uh, the lack of staffing. Is they're they're lumping people in together and they're doing online courses. So they lump yeah. you all in together and they do like a Zoom course with you. Now, yeah, like, like we had we had a device here for Finn. We had uh, this is actually a, I thought this was actually very funny. You know, and I. And I thought it was funny, but Finn had speaking devices, you know, the uh, AACs. So, um, yep. he had it for over a year. And Enable Ireland asked Linda to go on, uh, on a course for the AAC. So, Linda was like, Well, look, you know, and, and you can't turn these courses down, you can't turn them down. But Linda thought it was going to be something like this was going to be something advanced, you know. It was a basic course for beginners on how to use the AAC. And you had it for a year. I had it for a year. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But in their box, what they can do their manager, and they can tick a box and say, right, technically, the Whitmarshes have gotten um, speech and language. That's crazy. It's, cra- it's, it's like you'd, you'd laugh, but you'd want to cry at the same time. It's that bad, you know? You turn that down, Alan. If you turn that down, they'll turn around and say that you've refused therapy. Oh, therapy was offered to you and you turned it down. Even though, like, by taking the place, you could tell 
be uh, taken to someone else's place. That might... You turn yeah. that down, you've you've turned services. Is a joke, you know. It really is a joke. And the likes and... of enable. Sorry, go on. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, what do you think of the CDNT? Oh, I think it's an absolute mess. It's an absolute mess. I think that when for sixes and they lumped it everything in. It's a mess. Like in Naval Ireland, for example, where they used to be uh, zero to six and they used to do an awful lot of work for like physically disabled, right, in Cavan. And they were very, they were actually brilliant. They were very good. So before yeah. the Naval Ireland, I don't think anybody would actually say anything bad about them. They were very, very good. But right. when they took over, you know, when they became the CDNT for Cavan up to 18 or so forth, you know, like they were. They were they weren't equipped for it, and enable Ireland in the CDNT, and this is the problem with a lot of CDNTs. A lot of CDNTs would, in the way that they have Section Thirty Nine workers. Enable Ireland is not the HSE, so yeah. so, the, so the people that work for them are technically Section Thirty Nine workers, so they don't make the same money as HSE staff. They don't have the same annual leave as HSE staff. Mm-hmm. So why would you? So say you're going for a job, right? Why say you're you're a, a speech and language therapist? Why would you take a job for someone like the CDNT when you're working with harder cases, less money, less annual leave, or you could go and take a job with primary care where you've got easier cases, you can probably see more uh, more products, more production in your therapy. You know, because a lot of these cases in primary care won't be as severe as the CDNT. Uh, you're going to get paid more. You're going to get more annual leave. Uh, what job are you going to go for? Yeah, exactly. It's crazy, isn't it? It's absolutely nuts. It is. The, the whole like, system just, just seems to be backwards and broken. The whole lot. You know, it, it nearly is. It's It would nearly remind you of the, the school systems in Ireland before... Uh, Back when when the church ran everything, you know, it would yeah. nearly remind you that it's like it, you know, it's that kind of it's that kind of backward, you know, that um, it just doesn't make a lot of sense, you know, like the amount of staff that have left. The do you know that in Cavan, the the Enable Ireland in Cavan have a swimming pool, right? They actually have a swimming pool in there. I don't think it's been used for I don't know how long. I mean, you're talking years at this stage. But they actually even have a swimming pool in the building. So, like, I mean, like, it's just shocking. Like, a reporter really should sit outside that building and record the amount of people that come in, go in and come out. You know? It's like a ghost town. It's like a ghost town. And Minister Rabbit said that herself to us. And she went to see it. She said, because she had a chair of it, she said she couldn't leave. One thing she turned around to the manager and said was, where are all the patients? Because the building was empty. Oh, it's... It's beyond a joke at this stage. It's beyond a joke. Yeah. The, the only the only movement I can see at the moment is um, ASD classes and stuff. There seems to be a bit of movement on that. I'm seeing I'm seeing a lot online about um, advertisement for new ASD classes. So that looks like it's moving in the right the right direction. But, um, yeah. When it comes to services, the service services system is broken. It's beyond repair. It's oh yeah, just taking the park and start it again. Like Alan, 
the, from from a school's perspective, like uh, like uh, we, we we are rural, you know, we're out we're out in County Cavan, we're not even Cavan Town, we're in the we're in the middle. Like I look out my window now, I'm gonna see a bloody cow. You know what I mean? Right. Like, we're we're out we're out in the middle of nowhere, you know. And I'm, you know, myself, my wife are from Dundalk originally, you know, okay. and and we're from the town of Dundalk. Like we're not from the you know so um but we moved out to the country because we wanted to live in the country and when we had children we wanted to bring them up in the country you know because yeah. grew up in a country environment so um but uh like out here the school and wise i mean it's you found some strapping kids in multiple schools right my boys go to one school and Finn goes to another school. Okay. And Finn and Finn's in an ASD. He's not in. That's like in like a special needs school. He's he's going to an ASD years. So right, right. you know because he qualifies into that study, so he qualifies still for an ASD. So he's in an ASD class. But okay. um, you know, you know, uh, like. You know, quote unquote, kind of the way they used to call them, you know. But, um, yeah. yeah, so it's, uh, but even at that, like, there's very, very limited places, you know, out in the country. Yeah. It's very, very limited. Like, uh, and a lot of the families that are like sending kids, you know, and you're going across county lines, like, you know, you've, you've, yeah. you've, you know, you have people that are traveling for hours every day just to get their kids in the school. Uh, we, we had one mother. And what she used to do was that one of our kids she got a, a few kids with with, uh, with a few kids with a few needs. and one of them in particular, one of the she had to she had to drive the child into school, and she would just sleep in the car sometimes. Oh, crazy! But that's crazy. the way. Uh, yeah, that's the many, way it was. How many skills did she pass to get to that school? Oh yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. God knows a lot, an awful lot. You know, and out in the country, you see a lot of the principals don't necessarily want children that are in need of any kind of services. They don't want them. Schools in particular are like, oh no, 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 no. So if you have a child coming in with say a level one autism, you know, they they don't want them coming into the school, even yeah. though, even though, like you know, if they get a um a special needs assistant, you know, they get an SNA. But they don't want them. A lot of the schools out in the a lot of the schools out in the country don't don't want us. Yeah, so, yeah, that's a frightening part as well. If you force schools to open these classes that don't want them, like how would you feel sending your children there to a school that basically didn't want them to start off with? You know. And we had we we have a, we have a parent in our committee, and I know she said this publicly, um. So I don't think. She, saying this but like um the principal of the school that i won't say or the school but um like they, she wanted to put the child into into a closet right right it's shocking, shocking. it's shocking yeah. we have and the same family ended up the child ended up getting expelled in the end they just expelled the child and she left the child in limbo and the absolute limbo yeah even though the child's siblings were still going to that you know, it's very, it's a, it's a real dire. And again, like I say to you, nobody seems to, in the public, there doesn't seem to be an, uh, uh, an, an app that, nobody seems to care unless you're living in us. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, like well, we. Well, 
what's going to be the end of it? Well, the end and the start. What's what's going to end the current situation and start off afresh? What's, <clears throat> I, I what's th- it going to take? What's it going to take to get there for that? To happen? I think. Well, I think it has to be a change in the law. I think the law has to get changed. Need things to actually start. You know, I think, I think the law has to change because if the if the disability. everywhere because if your child's not getting services and if that law changes yeah yeah but if they're getting multiple lawsuits multiple central things if you look at what happened a lot of lawsuits went in about the assessment needs and now what's happening is and rightfully so, by the way, because the people that put lawsuits in about the assessment need, that's in the 2005 Disability Act. They had a legal right as taxpayers of the Republic of Ireland to sue over that. They were damn right. Okay. Right, but right. because, but as an effect of them doing it, what's happened is, and we've been told this by the, by, uh, the head of the uh, of Disability Services for Ireland from the HC, have told us this. That because of that, what's happened is a lot of the therapists that were maybe set aside to give therapy are being all pushed towards the assessments now to try and get the assessments done because legally they have to get the assessment done. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, there's no, I've no words. I really haven't. I've no yeah. words for it. It's a, it really, the whole, the, the whole lot is, it's broken completely and it is. A dire emergency situation, and people need to realise this. Yeah, they do. Now we're going in. We're we have just gotten uh, confirmation yesterday from one of our local TDs, who um, we were well, basically we've been complaining to, and uh, one of our local TDs has gotten us a meeting, another meeting now with with uh, Minister Rabbit uh, for next month. So we're going into Leinster House, a delegation of us. Uh, it has to be a small delegation, but a delegation, I mean, it must be a small meeting she wants. But uh, um, I think four of us from our committee are with Minister Rabbit and have a sit down. And, uh, and like, quite frankly, like, I, I, you know, when you, when you go into a meeting like that, you have to be, you always have to be professional. I'm sure she'll probably listen to this. You know, yeah. you have to you have to be professional when you go into a meeting like this. You know, I can't go in there and uh, you know and scream. Yeah, I can't yeah. do that because you know, you do that the di- the the dialogue breaks down. You can't yeah. go into a negotiation like that. But even though like I'd love to, you know, but I have to go in here. I'm gonna have to keep me cool. But I'm gonna have to hold her to account and say like you know we were in here with you over a year ago. Like 40 months ago, we met with you and you told us that this was going to get work done. And quite frankly, whatever work you've done hasn't been enough. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Like it hasn't been enough. I'll, I'll say it again. I'm, be, I'm surprised that she's surprised to hear about these things because, let's be honest, they know what's going on. Oh, yeah. They know the, the door straight people are in. So... I don't know if it's just popping people off or, or what they're doing, but something needs to be done. And I'll say it again, it is a dire emergency situation. What I want now, Alan, is, right, after the Minister Rabbit, okay, unless she somehow turns around and uh, performs a miracle, I want to meet. Yeah. And that's what I want. I want to meet with the T-shirt. I want to sit down with the T-shirt and I want to say, right, I've found- 
chain of command. I've gone to my local my local TDs in both opposition and government. I have gone to the minister. I have gone. Do you know, like I you know, I'll follow the chain of command. I yeah. and I, but I, w- I want to speak to him now. I want to speak to the actual. I want to set down a T-shirt. I want to put it to the T-shirt that this is not acceptable, and the country will not stand for this anymore. No, no. It's it's gone. It's it's going to come to boiling point. And the, I was like, I know some people are doing their own thing and everything else, and I keep saying we have to get everyone together. But yeah. If we if we got everyone together, things will change. Oh, I do agree with you. I do agree with you. Now, yeah. I've had I've had a little bit of experience with protests in the past. A little bit. Um, I would have attended the CF protests uh, back. Dean, um, I was on the protest committee for uh, Cystic Fibrosis Ireland, um, as well. Right. Um, which, uh, is, but I mean, I have to admit, I'm not a huge fan of protests. So I'm no, not a big an, fan. Another, another thing as well about protests is carers. So most carers can't get out to protest because they're carers with kids. You're right. That's exactly what I was going to say. That that that's what that's why. That's my that's my why I'm not a big fan. Like it's all right for water protesters or you know uh, people protesting. Um, I don't know again, you know farmers or or whatever. You know what I mean? People protesting against uh, a change in the environment of the climate or whatever. Right? That's all good and fine. But they're not. They're not looking after someone twenty four hours a day. You yeah. know. So like, how do you actually go to this? And and I've seen like we we've been in the doll a massive amount of times, and mm. I've seen protests outside Lancer House. And I've seen protests cause sometimes consistent of uh, you know, like uh, protests between 50 up to 100 and so forth, you know. And the reality is, like, like back in 2017, there was a water a water, one of those water protests, and something like 30 people, they marched down O'Connell Street. And would you believe it wasn't even on the six o'clock news? Yeah, it's oh, yeah. The the protest for carers is is a no go. But if it, you know, if, if it does come, have to come to something like that, we're we're going to have to think of another plan where we can get people who can't get out to get involved. Yeah. No. One suggestion. One thing that we did, and we were very, we were uh, during the CF campaign, um. Uh, one of the one of the ideas that I came up with was uh, to do because we were in a similar situation uh, in relation to cystic fibrosis. A lot of people for the protests that took place. Okay. One of the one of the ideas that we did was candlelight vigils, and that was fine. That we had that was us we had multiple vigils at the same time taking place all around the country. Right. So it would be, if you couldn't leave your house, you went outside, uh, outside your garden and, and you videoed it and you put it up online. Uh, though at town squares, like for example, I know Dundalk, uh, and that actually wasn't even us, even though Dundalk is Dublin, but there was, in Dundalk, they did it in Wexford, they did it in uh, Sligo, they did it in multiple uh, um, in Avon. There was multiple places around and loads of places in Dublin where uh, small groups met 
and they did a candlelight vigil. Uh, now, it got some media attention, but, you know, uh, that was one idea that we... So it was, you know, it did get some traction, but like from a protesting perspective, see, you need, you need if you're a protesting, you need to, but protesting is no good unless you have media, and media is no good unless you have power on the floor. Down. So you have to have, yeah, you know, all three have yeah, to work yeah. in tandem. So, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, if you only get one of those things, the other two won't, won't work. Have all three together. So, uh, like I said about the protest, about you know thirty thousand people walking down the road, they had no politicians in the dog giving out about it, and no one in the media bothered covering it. So it just ended up thirty thousand people were their own. That was you have to have everything working together. But like I like I would be like I think I think the likes of Adam Harris, like yeah, like we've met we've met Adam Harris uh, actually myself. On uh, at the time, Adam Harris himself, like that was last of of it. We were we were on the we were we were there with the opportunity to speak, but unfortunately, the war in the Ukraine took most of the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was around the time we were setting up our committee. So, you no, know, could like of as I am, maybe work as the. T- do you know, uh, I know that during the CF campaign, like uh, Gillian McNulty uh, was a very big campaigner uh, during uh, the uh, CF CF campaign, and she was brilliant. Yeah. She was a very, you know, uh, she she was like a spokesperson for everything. You know, even though there was loads of people working behind the scenes, you know, you had one person out on front, and I don't know what Adam. Like I'm not, I would not, I would not put myself foot to. Yeah, I'll be that spokesperson. I'm not, you know. I am. I have no. I have no aspiration. Yeah, but like, has a very very high profile. So you know, I don't yeah. know. What I can get, you know. Um, I don't know. Look, I mean, I do think, no idea. Yeah, I, I do. It'd be like a collaboration of, uh, of, um, you know, a more of a collaboration. Of uh, committees and charities and advocacy groups together to actually come up with some sort of some sort of idea yeah. going forward. Um, I know that the I think it's the Disability Federation of Ireland now sort of email campaign uh, started an email campaign like last year. We've already okay. we we we've already done that. You know, yeah. um, we we started uh, one of the. Did last year that I would strongly any is put a complaint into the HSE. Of course, yeah, of course. But you'd be surprised that yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Because um, if, if it's not typed, if it's not like if it's not written, it didn't happen. You know, no, yeah. it has to, it has to be. You know. Well, you're due back in anyway for a meeting. So can you can you keep in touch and let me know how that meeting goes? And we might do oh, another podcast. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you but, know who um, would be? Do you know who would be interested to do a podcast? Actually, would be my wife. Right. So she'd be brilliant. And Linda walk hand in hand in this, and Linda it's great. Right. Linda's just brilliant. You know, like if you if you were to watch, but I mean, 
mean, I was have a look at the go on to the Oireachtas and at our speeches uh, in the Senate. Do you know, um, like, uh, I'm sure to message us on Facebook, my wife would provide you the dates of when we did our speeches. And like Linda's can speech. You, in, can you give the name of that Facebook page again? Oh, it's the it's the Oireachtas, it's the doll web, website. Oh. So, oh, yeah, right, you know what I mean, if you wanted to contact you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, our web, our Facebook page is the Cavan uh, Mon Committee. So, okay. the, yeah, the Cavan Mon and Parents Committee. So, um, look up Cavan Mon and Parents Committee. They'll see our Facebook page, and all they'd have to do. Linda is the admin. All they'd have to do is message Linda, and Linda could definitely, uh, you know, give dates of when we spoke, because like Linda spoke in the Disability Matters Committee last year. Then, uh, for committee after that uh, when they were releasing their report uh, then uh, we both both myself and Linda spoke in the autism committee as well okay so like there's a lot of a lot of recordings out there you know well maybe maybe then when you have this meeting maybe Linda and maybe Tui is going to come back on and do a podcast if you if you if you like because I want I want to I want to try and kickstart something here and get things Get things moving, yeah. and hopefully we can get other 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 groups involved. Like there's, there's groups like Bus Ireland, Enough is Enough, yeah, um, Inclusion Ireland. Like there's a lot of groups, and I think I think if everyone linked in with each other mm. and we're on the same page, we could find a way forward and fight this together. Absolutely, and a lot of a lot of like a lot of like Inclusion Ireland Disability Federation. A lot of them would actually probably know me anyway. Because I would have spoke right. to all of them before, because I was, I was trying to. I'm not a lawyer, but I before we got Tom Callan, before we got Senator Callan to do the work in the Leinster House to cha- to uh, get a new amendment or a new bill, uh, I, I was actually trying to get the law written myself. So I was contacting all the, I contacted a lot of those um, charities to see if their legal departments would actually give me a hand with it. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I'd say they know me, you know, but I was nice. Like they're not going to, they're not going to yeah. say it bad about me, you know, but um, now, yeah. I just want, I just want to mention actually local groups because local groups do fantastic work. They do. And, yeah. They do. Um, only for local groups, everyone would be in limbo as well. It's just, on the broader term, it's a countrywide thing. We need to do something, you know. You know, sorry, my voice well, And so. and I, I think one of the one of the main things I want to get out there, Alan, is right. I think that one of the problems when when people do get together and unite, okay, one of the problems is you aiming in different directions. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs to fire in the same direction. Yeah, and I and I definitely think that changing the law. Is, and the the ratification of the UNCRPD is the way this is going to happen because it's going to put the onus back on the people that are making massive wages to fix the issues that are there because it shouldn't be up to you and it shouldn't be up to me to actually come up with a way to fix the issues with the disability services and with the schooling issues and with stuff like that. It shouldn't be up to us. Yeah. It shouldn't be up to us. It should be up to the people that are making big money, big money wages, you know, yeah, and have right. bi- right. and have big pensions to actually do what they're being paid to do. It should be up to them. And like in essence, it's not really even up. 
Do you know, the politicians should be able to make legislation. If they make the legislation, then the paid entities that are being paid to provide these, it's a problem. Like, you don't see this problem. You don't see this problem in other walks of life. Do you know, in other walks, like, you know, like if you turned up for your train and you were told, you know, I'm sorry there, buddy, you know, but the, the dart's not running until maybe two or three years down the road. You know what I mean? Can't get drive. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's mad. Yeah, you know, come on, you know, you know, like that's just not, it's not practical. But definitely, I would say getting, you know, like the the reason Linda's not talking to you today is because we have two kids. We dropped one into school with two kids off second the moment today. So, um, Linda's oh, Linda's over the other side of the house with the boys going, shh, shh, be quiet. Daddy's on the phone. <laughs> so you know, no problem. Well, when when you have that meeting. Yeah, we'll arrange to come back on and we'll have another chat to see how we get on with Minister Rabbit. Is that all right? Yeah, really. No problem at all. And I look forward to speaking to you again, okay? Yeah, all the best, buddy. Bye, Robin. Bye, bye. Bye, bye. Bye, bye. Bye, bye.